This is Bangarang Radio, a podcast network. For more shows, visit bangarangradio.com. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. All right, well, here we are, here we are. Welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza, episode six. Wow. So I've been doing this for six weeks already because we put out a new episode every single Tuesday. Um, I'm your host, Jacques Lamour. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, usually every episode so far, anyway, except for this one, I've had a, a special guest on the show. Usually I bring someone on from the pop punk community to talk about pop punk. And, well, we enjoy pizza at the same time as we talk about these things. But today I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, we don't have a special guest today, um, which I, I'm a little scared about doing a show without a guest. But at the same time, just trying something different just to see how it goes. But we got plenty of things to talk about, my friend. So many things have happened in the uh, last week or so in uh, the pop-punk genre that uh, we can talk about in pop-punk news. And, of course, I'll have my pop-punk picks of the week for you as well. And then uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Green Day's performance in Chicago just a couple days ago, if you're watching this, on uh, Tuesday, October 25th, 2016. They were just in Chicago on Sunday. So uh, we're going to talk about that. And so that's pretty much going to be the basis of the show. So I just want to welcome you uh, and thank you for listening to uh, Pop Punk and Pizza here on BangerangRadio.com. And uh, let us now get into, uh, you know, Pop Punk news. And so these are some of the stories uh, from the uh, past week. News team, assemble! It's this week's Pop, Punk, and Pizza News. All right, so here are some of the big things that have happened in Pop, Punk in the last week. Now, this isn't obviously everything, but it's just a couple of things that they're out there for you. Uh, to start it out with, why don't we start off with Blink-182. What have they been up to? Well, in case you missed it, they put out a music video for She's Out of Her Mind, which I was really glad that they did because She's Out of Her Mind is probably... My favorite song from the California record that came out this year. It gets stuck in my head all the time. I'll be doing something that's completely unrelated to music, and it gets stuck in my head. It's just one of those songs. So they decided instead of coming up with a new music video idea for She's Out of Her Mind, they decided to be, you know, nostalgic with it. And they went ahead and they recreated the same concept for uh, What's My Age Again. Now, if you remember the music video for that, which, how could you forget? I mean, it's one of those unforgettable moments. How how often do you see uh, people in music videos running around uh, naked in a downtown area? So that's what they did. Um, Instead, though, it wasn't the guys from Blink-182 that decided, hey, we're going to run around naked downtown. They took uh, girls in their place instead. Now, um, all three of the, the girls are actually social media stars, which I did not recognize any of them. And, of course, they're gorgeous. <laughs> but uh, their names are Lily Pons, Hannah Stocking, and Genta. And I guess I forgot to write Genta's name, her last name down. But anyway, gorgeous women. They all decided to play the role. 
And, uh, well, of course, who played the sexy nurse this time? You all remember the sexy nurse from the original music video for uh, What's My Age Again? Uh, they put a twist on that as well. Instead of it being a woman, they obviously uh, have to make it a guy since the three um, people running around naked are women. So uh, they decided to uh, get comedian Adam Devine in on this, and he was the sexy nurse, which made me laugh. Uh, so this video is just pure nostalgia, and it was part of a, uh, a Spotify's Flash Frame series is what it's called. And this is a four-part series they're doing on Blink-182, and part one just dropped this past Thursday on October 20th. And my source for this was uh, Rolling Stone magazine, by the way. So there's that. Um, speaking of Blink-182, all right, Tom DeLonge uh, spoke up about uh, the leaked UFO emails to Hillary Clinton advisor that were found. If you remember, about a week or two ago, um, former Blink-182 member Tom DeLonge was, had, uh, was revealed to have emailed Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign chairman, uh, John Podesta, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Apologize if I mispronounce that. Um, About aliens. Now, uh, WikiLeaks found that the uh, guitarist and vocalist had invited Barack Obama's former counselor to the president to meet with two people who were in charge of most fragile divisions as it relates to classified science and DOD, which Department of Defense topics. Now, via a caption on Instagram, DeLong says, WikiLeaks, which shared the emails, really missed, or actually said really messed up some important stuff. And that this isn't a joke, is what he says. Big things are coming, he concludes. Project is still on. Believe it or not, things just got bigger. So this is, uh, this is interesting. Now, if you didn't hear about all this UFO talk in Tom DeLong before, uh, earlier this year, DeLong took to Facebook to discount the idea that he quit Blink-182 to study UFOs. But he did write, I am currently working with people in the government? Or he... Let me rephrase that. He wrote, am I currently working with people in the government? He's, you know, kind of... Asking a question, yes, he says, including leadership from DOD, intelligence, and executive branch, yes. Take that as you will. Uh, That uh, article comes from Fuse TV for that, so I definitely want to credit my sources. I don't want to get in trouble here, but anyway. So you got that going on uh, as far as Blink-182. Now let's jump into something completely different. Uh, Sparrow Sleeps put out a Toddler Tunes album featuring members of Yellow Card, Real Friends, MXPX, and more. I thought this was really cute, a really cool idea. Uh, Now if you've never heard of Sparrow Sleeps, which this is the first time I heard it too when I found out about this recent release. Uh, simply put, this comes from a Sparrow Sleeps website. Uh, Sparrow Sleeps crafts lullaby uh, renditions of your favorite songs. Uh, the Sparrow Sleeps team is two Midwestern guys um, with pop-punk-fueled hearts and a shared passion for creating businesses around the things they love to do. Uh, their founders are named Cassie Cole, or Casey Cole, excuse me, and Peter Lockhart. And they've got all kinds of... They've got... Uh, they got Say Anything lullabies. They've got My Chemical Romance lullabies. They got a, a, quite a few uh, albums on catalog of different lullabies that they've done. But they decided to uh, get a little older with this latest release. It's actually, like I said, it's for toddlers. It's not for infants. So um, 
This record is called Sparrow and Friends Start a Band, and it features, you got Ryan Key from Yellow Card, Dan Lampton of Real Friends, Mike Herrera of MXPX, you got uh, Nick Diner of The Swellers, Will from Cartel, and there's so many more. Now, um, if you're interested in getting this for your kid, or maybe, uh, you know, a niece or a nephew, or whoever the little one is in your family, it's available on vinyl, CD, and digital download. You can get it at sparrowsleeps.com. I'm not sure, I didn't check to see if it was on iTunes, but I, I listened to the previews of most of the songs, like of My Carrera, of MXPX, and uh, also Ryan Key. And the songs are cool, um, and very, very um, fitting, obviously, for toddlers. They're all rockin' tunes, too. They sound like anything that you and I would listen to. They're just, obviously, the lyrics are based uh, on a toddler level, so... I thought that was that was pretty cool. So check that out. It's uh, sparrowsleeps.com. Get some lullabies and uh, get some toddler rockin' tunes, right? Uh, now, uh, I mentioned Real Friends. Uh, speaking of Real Friends um, and uh, Knuckle Puck, uh, members of both bands released a new acoustic song on their uh, pop-punk side project, which I didn't even know they had a side project until I read this article from Alternative Press. Now, Rationale, uh, like I said, the pop-punk supergroup made up of Real Friends and Knuckle Puck uh, vocalist Dan Lampton and Joe Taylor and also other people are releasing an acoustic EP to follow up their debut EP called Confines. Now, on their Bandcamp page, it says, We wanted to do a cool EP where we record each part wherever we can, be it a venue bathroom, green room, trailers, and to have our friends be a part of it. We're going to complete and post one song a week and pre-order, uh, pre-order it, and you'll get all the songs when they're all up. So uh, the song is called Quarter Life, or you can pre-order the EP um, if you visit their Bandcamp, you can listen to it there, or the the new single that they posted, or pre-order the EP. The website is rationalesucks.bandcamp.com. <laughs> I love it when bands say they suck as like a joke. It doesn't suck. I thought it was great. Um, but anyway, rationalesucks.bandcamp.com. Check it out. As I said, the story comes from uh, Alternative Press. All right, and the last thing I want to talk about, which this is probably the hottest story of the week, in my opinion, and the, the pop punk community is knuckle puck uh called out youtuber jared uh alanji for selling t-shirt parry uh selling a t-shirt um that parodied their name and album uh now jared alanji i believe is how you say his name a lot or no it's alanji excuse me jared alanji uh he's best known for youtube videos that uh are called uh, you remember the every pop punk vocalist and every metal vocalist videos making fun of the pop punk vocalists and metal vocalists it's just kind of like the stereotypes and things like that um i know that every pop punk video has over 1.5 million views so and the other ones are like over 500,000. Some are even close to a million as well. I know the metal one is probably around 700,000 700, views, something like that. But anyway, uh, last week, Jared, he uploaded a shirt to his website saying, Kanuklapook, everything is phonetic. Or phonetic, excuse me. <laughs> everything is phonetic. It's so phonetic. Uh, it's inspired by the the band pronunciation video, like I said, he published to YouTube in 2014. He lists a bunch of different bands and how to pronounce their names, and of course he pronounces them wrong and tries to be funny and says them, you know, like 
For instance, Canuclepook. It's obviously Knucklepuck. Anyway, so Knucklepuck's John and Joe... Uh, they responded to Jared's new merch, showing that it is a direct comparison to the group's own merch and creative design. And then uh, Jared responded with a YouTube video to explain his side of the issue, claiming it uh, all revolves around satire. Now, in the video, he says his take on the shirt is a parody, meaning he is avoiding trademark infringement because it's simply inspired by the original work. He then compares it to uh, the PlayStation shirt logo that Knucklepuck released earlier uh, this year. Uh, however, Knucklepuck sees this as more of a, more than a simple parody. Uh, in their eyes, Jared is using Knucklepuck's name and uh, ripping off their lyrics to make money. While uh, Jared brings up the example of Knucklepuck's PlayStation t-shirt, they see it as, uh, as it's standing on different standards. Now, PlayStation does not make shirts for profit so knucklepuck tees would not directly hinder playstation making money which that is true they got a good point there but uh jared's shirt is based on an already produced knucklepuck merchandise there is a direct selling conflict which could affect sales which i'm kind of i get what knucklepuck is saying and i get what jared is saying too so i don't want to pick a side on this one i i think it, it, they got in a real big Twitter battle on this, by the way. You know, Joe and John and um, and Jared. Actually, even Dan Lampton from Real Friends buzzed in on this, too, on Twitter. Uh, they were saying some nasty things about Jared. Um, I don't think it was a good move on Jared's part. I, I, don't, I think he probably should have stayed away from it. Um, but I think maybe Knucklepuck's reaction might have affected the way they look, too, because seeing some people's comments about it, they're like, oh, come on, just leave it alone, you know? So I think the way that Knucklepuck reacted to this is going to increase Jared's t-shirt sales. That's my opinion. So I think Jared ended up kind of winning um, as far as, you know, getting more money from Knucklepuck, which, like I said, I I can totally see Knucklepuck's side of this on how Jared is making money off of them and it's not like they're U2 or some huge mainstream band that has millions and millions and millions of dollars and this isn't going to hurt them so i could totally see that because people might buy this kanuklapuk you know shirt instead of buying a knuckle puck shirt or a record or whatever so i definitely see where knuckle puck is coming from i see where jared is coming from and uh, i will leave it at that so another uh, wonderful story from alternative press so those are just some stories uh, in the uh, pop punk community that happened this past week. And with that being said, let's move on to the main event, the main thing I wanted to talk about today. Can you feel that? This is your rights tonight. Tonight, we're going to get rid of all of the outside, outside fucked up world, and we're going to start our own fucking underground. playing at Oregon Ballroom in Chicago just a couple days ago. Sunday, October 23rd. Um, I was there. I've seen Green Day three times previously. Um, the first time I saw them was on the American Idiot Tour back in 2005. Second, 2009 on the 21st Century Breakdown Tour. Then the third time was uh, just their, their last record releases, you know, Uno Dos Trey, the trilogy. And that was three 
Yeah, that was three years ago. That was in 2013. And so, and then obviously I saw him at Argonne Ballroom just two or three nights ago, depending on obviously when you're listening to this. So that makes four times um, total. And hands down, this last time, the best time I'd ever seen them. The best time I ever heard them. They were so tight. Everything was amazing. I just, they were amazing before too, like in on the American Idiot Tour. I thought they were so tight. Uh, 21st Century Breakdown, same thing, really good. But for some reason, this last show, um, it, it was just the best. I, I, you know, I can't explain it. Um, I'll, I'll try to explain it to you, um, just starting with the, uh, the set list. They played like 30, yeah, 31 songs total on Sunday night, and they started off, this was what I was surprised by, I'll be honest, was that they opened up with Know Your Enemy. I was not expecting that. I thought, okay, maybe they'll open up with either something from Revolution Radio, or maybe American Idiot is what I was going for. I wasn't expecting, you know, Know Your Enemy. So they start out with Know Your Enemy, then they go into Bang Bang and Revolution Radio, which are from their latest record, obviously. Then they go, uh, they dip into uh, the American Idiot record. Um, they go to Holiday, Letter Bomb, and uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. And it's kind of funny how, like, those first six songs from their set are kind of like the more politically fueled or socially um, fueled songs. Um, but after, you know, they get done with Boulevard of Broken Dreams, they jump into Longview, of course, so they're going back to the Dookie days. And then uh, after Longview, they go quickly uh, back to Revolution Radio, and they just do uh, Young Blood, which, uh, in my opinion, was Young Blood is probably one of the more fun songs on Revolution Radio. It doesn't have, like, a really heavy topic. It's kind of like a fun song. It's stuck in your head. The hook is... is uh, or the I should say the hook gets immediately stuck in your head when you hear the song. Um, so that was interesting because they just played that song and then they they immediately went back into old stuff. Um, now this was the one that I was floored to hear. Um, Armitage Shanks is the first record or the first song from their Insomniac record from '95. Now that is a song I have never heard live and I've always wanted to hear live. Insomniac. It's hard to pick a favorite Green Day record, but that's definitely one of my favorite records. It's just nonstop punk rock, the whole record. Very angry, very, you know, upbeat and in your face, obviously. Um, so that was really surprising to hear. There was about four or five songs, uh, maybe more throughout their set, that I had never heard live. I've never heard them play live at any show that I've attended, and that was one of them. So after playing the first song from Insomniac, they went to Kerplunk, and they played another one that I haven't heard, uh, Private Ale, and then they went to, uh, they played J.A.R., which was uh, a song from their greatest hits record, their international super hits, I think is what they called it, they put out in 2011, and they released a couple songs on there that um, hadn't been released on any of their records, and J.A.R. was one of them, and then uh, Maria was another one, Pop Rocks and Coke, I think it was those those three songs. You can't find on any other record, they're kind of like B-sides, I guess you could say, and I've heard them play Maria live I think it was on the American Idiot Tour. Maybe it was, uh, maybe they played Pop Rocks and Coke. I can't remember. Uh, after J.A.R., they uh, jumped to uh, 2,000 Light Years Away, back to Kerplunk. Uh, Welcome to Paradise after that, Christie Road. So going back to uh, their Kerplunk days. And then they did Burnout. And then I was really shocked after they played Burnout 
they jumped to Nimrod and they played a song once again that I had not heard live, Scattered. Never never thought in a million years that I would hear Scattered live. So that was super cool. And then uh, they continued with Nimrod, they played Hitchin' a Ride, and then they uh, jumped to Warning and they played Waiting. Now Waiting I haven't heard in a long time, so it was good to hear that. Then they played Are We the Waiting They uh, from American Idiot. They jumped to that. And, of course, anytime they play Are We the Waiting, they immediately go into St. Jimmy. And then they went back to Dookie, and this was cool. They pulled up, and they did their, their classic bits. You know, they uh, throughout the set, they pulled up three people on stage. Not all at once, but, you know, throughout their set. Um, the third time they did it was uh, when they played uh, When I Come Around. They pulled up a guy that was in the pit. Um, apparently he said he could play all the songs on Dookie and, you know, Billy's like, can you really play all the songs on Dookie? You swear, you know? So he brings the guy up and he just kills it. (laughs) And when I come around, he's jumping around and everything. It was so awesome. Um, and then they play basket case and she also from Dookie. Then they go for, uh, back to Nimrod King for a day. They do their classic King for a day bit that they've been doing for years now. Because they did it, I think they started doing that King for a Day bit where they uh, obviously have Jason Freeze play saxophone. Uh, they used to actually have a trombone player uh, on tour with them. I don't know what happened to him. Or maybe he was a trumpet player. They used to have a, a, a horn player. He was either a trombonist or, or a trumpet player. I, I wish I could remember. But anyway, they've been doing that bit for years because when I saw him back... For the first time in 2005, they were still doing it, and I think they started it probably around 2002, something like that, maybe even before. Um, but anyway, so that was fun. They didn't, it was a little different than they used to do it, but still the, basically, you know, the same thing. Um, and after King for a Day, you know, they usually do their shout cover um, from the Isley Brothers, then they played Still Breathing from their latest record, Revolution Radio, which I was happy. It wasn't as tight as some of the other songs, but it's a brand new one, obviously. So you're not going to hear, uh, it's not going to be as tight because they haven't played it as many times. And then they played uh, Forever Now, also from Rev Radio. And then they did their encore. They came back, and you got to play some more American Idiot songs, so they played the title track and played Jesus of Suburbia. And then they had a second encore. Billy comes back out, and he's always got to um, come out and play some acoustic songs. So he played Ordinary World from Revolution Radio. Also, Ordinary World is the name of uh, a movie that Billy Joe is in. It came out not too long ago. I've talked about it on the podcast several times. And I did get to watch Ordinary World. I thought it was really good, honestly. I, I highly suggest checking it out. Billy Joe is, uh, yeah, he plays the lead character in it. You can uh, rent it or buy it on iTunes and Google Play and all those places. I'm not sure if you can get a hard copy of it. You might be able to, but I just rented it through Google Play and, uh, you know, watched it and thought it was good. And, of course, you got to end the Green Day show with good riddance. Um, but all in all... Um, this show was exactly what any diehard Green Day fan would want, in my opinion. Because, like I said, I haven't seen them as many times as I'd like to. But, granted, there was at least four to six songs that were old songs that I had never heard them play live before, and I never thought they would ever play live, like Scattered, for instance, from Nimrod. So it was, when you heard songs like that, you were just like, oh my god, this is awesome. You know, it's just, um, 
they they played literally at least one song from every one of their records except except for their very very first record and then um their last releases uno dos tres they did not play anything from uno dos tres which i suppose isn't surprising considering they didn't get a lot of support for those records they released in 2012 a lot of people didn't like them i personally loved them i loved each one and i think they could have played at least one of them from like uno like they could have played like stay the night or something i think that would have been great um but they uh they chose not to so i'm thinking maybe i don't know maybe uh if you catch them on another show uh on this tour or maybe their uh next revolution radio tour which is going to be in march uh, by the way maybe they'll play something from uno dos tray which i really hope uh hope they do but um yeah, I mean, to, to really, just to summarize it, it's exactly, the, the show was a perfect for any diehard Green Day fan. If if you mostly just know the singles and stuff, I think you would have been a little disappointed because they did break out so many songs that I think even some people in the audience were like, what's this? You know, it was just, uh, it was just really cool. I, I can't, you know, and they still opened up the show with uh, the classic uh, rock and punk songs, you know, before they actually hit the stage. That's the you know they're playing like operation ivy and then you know bohemian rhapsody by queen this is before they come on and then yes they did have the drunk bunny come out they continued that tradition how could they not he comes out and he stumbles around and he gets the crowd pumped with the you know the blitzkrieg bop by ramones so that was cool um and also i probably the last thing i'll say is I was really excited for the first time to see Green Day in a smaller venue. This is the first time that I wasn't going to see them at some kind of arena where it's like 20,000, 30,000 cap, where this was the Argonne Ballroom in Chicago. It's 5,000 people cap, which is obviously still a big room, but that's a lot smaller compared to 20, 25,000, 30,000 people, whatever it is, because I had previously seen them at the Allstate Arena, United Center, and then another uh arena out in moline illinois so it was just cool to see them in that smaller setting it was more intimate and i feel like they could get a little more personal with the fans um speaking of getting personal you know obviously billy joe in recent uh years you know he would be very political at his shows this one he didn't get so political there was a a touch of it but his main message throughout the night uh if you just want to recap some of the things he said it was just kind of like more love and rock and roll was pretty much kind of like his message and he was talking about how he was tired of everything that's going on in the media and in the mainstream world i mean i he called out trump during um holiday which he had been doing, I think, in all the Revolution radio shows before. He did not come out and say, vote for Hillary, though, either. So I'm thinking, I'm just guessing, he's not uh, a Hillary fan either. And I think most people aren't. They're not a fan of either Trump or Hillary. It's going to be interesting to see how the election works out. But anyway, not to get uh, too political, just wanted to touch on that and just kind of like some of the things Billy Joe said. I don't want to quote him. But I think that was really his main message is just more love, caring for each other, and obviously good uh, rock and roll music. So you probably just heard my clock. (laughs) I have a Three Stooges clock over in the corner over there. And and every time, uh, you know, at the top of the hour, it sounds off with some Three Stooges (laughs) soundbite. Anyway, so uh, 
yeah, it's so hard to uh, summarize that show because it was so good, but um, I highly suggest checking out Green Day on the Revelation, or Revelation, listen to me, on their uh, Revolution radio tour. Uh, if you can't see anything here in 2016, they just announced a plethora of dates for 2017. I know they're coming back to Illinois, except they're playing down in Champaign at the State Farm Center, which is right there on the campus of of uh, U of I. used to be called the Assembly Hall, but now it's called State Farm Center. So you can uh, get all the info, go to greenday.com, obviously, and get your tickets for that. Before I leave you, I always do my pop punk picks of the week, and it's just the songs that I'm currently digging this week or the bands that I'm digging this week that maybe put out new music, and actually some of these have. So let's get on with it. Pop punk picks of the week. Three, two, one. All right, so my pop punk picks of the week, since I don't have a special guest, usually I have... My special guest pick one song from one band, and then I'll pick one. But I'm just going to give you two this time. And I've talked about this in other podcasts before. Chicago right now is just exploding with so many awesome pop-punk bands. And honestly, not even just pop-punk bands, but music in general. There's awesome metal bands, pretty much any genre. You can find fantastic artists in Chicago. Uh, So much talent happening right now in the scene. Um... But uh, my, both of my picks are actually Chicago bands. And it was hard to pick uh, these, like I said, because there's so many bands just around the world. But first one is uh, Sleep On It. They uh, just released their new EP called Lost Along the Way, uh, which uh, came out uh, from Equal Vision Records. They just signed a deal with them. And uh, you can visit sleeponit.merchnow.com to uh, get that brand new EP. Uh, so yeah, just this last Friday, they put out the brand new record, Lost Along the Way, uh, like I said, is what it's called. And they put out a brand new single and a music video to go along with it. It's called See You Around. So that's what we're going to listen to and watch right now here on uh, Pop Punk and Pizza on BangerangRadio.com. See You Around by Sleep On It.
Yeah, that was See You Around, Sleep On It, right here on Pop Punkin' Pizza on BangerangRadio.com. That's from their brand new EP called Lost Along the Way. Just came out uh, just this past Friday from Equal Vision Records. Once again, sleeponit.merchnow.com to uh, get your copy today. And my next pick and my last pick, Pop Punk Pick of the Week, is another Chicago-based band called the linden method now they put out a brand new record as well except not this last friday it was last month and i wanted to play it on the show earlier but it's it's every week it's so hard to pick who i'm currently listening to because there's always someone new and uh, there's so many great pop punk bands out there so um they uh this brand new record was called good enough and uh you can find it on itunes spotify and amazon i couldn't find any direct link to it i i could have gave you their Bandcamp link but they don't have the brand new record on the Bandcamp link but anyway new albums called good enough um and actually their single called believing in fiction it just got played on a 101.1 fm which is wkqx in chicago it's the alternative station so they got played on there they have like a, a local um music show i think it's still every sunday um and uh they're like i said they're single believing in fiction got played so that's what we're going to play right now the linden method believing in fiction right here on pop punk and pizza on bangerangradio.com
There you have it, Believing in Fiction by the Linden Method here on Pop Punkin' Pizza on BangerangRadio.com. That's from their latest record called Good Enough. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, uh, etc. And you got to check out the album artwork for that album, by the way. It's hilarious. It's like this kid with this huge bowl of cereal. I think it's I think it's Fruit Loops, and he's just pouring the milk into the the bowl of cereal, but it's all overflown, and he's or over yeah overflowing. <laughs> there we go. And uh, he's got like the backwards ball cap on and everything. I don't know. To me, it's just very it's like very punk rock of them to have a, an album cover like that. So make sure you check out the Linden method and also sleep on it. Don't forget to check them out as well. Um, they're, you know, like I said, their brand new EP lost along the way that, uh, just came out. So, I mean, that's going to be it uh, for this episode of pop punk and pizza. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I am uh, Jacques Lamore, your host, and I'll be back next week for another uh, episode for you. Um, I, I do have a, a couple things I want to tell you before we do go. Um, I want you to first, please, if you could, follow us uh, on social media. Uh, you can find Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast on Instagram. Also, follow us on Twitter at Pop Punk and Pizza Pod. Um, and, of course, Bangarang Radio, of course. Um, that is the uh, network that we're part of. Go to, uh, you can follow them at Bangarang Radio. Also, find both Bangarang Radio and Pop Punk and Pizza on uh, Facebook as well. Um, and we are now officially, not only can you find episodes of Pop Punk and Pizza on iTunes, Stitcher, um, those two apps, you can now find it on the TuneIn Radio app, which I'm sure you probably have. Most people do because on the TuneIn Radio app, you can tune into literally any radio station in the country and the world, or you can listen to any podcasts, stuff like that. So check us out. Uh, if that works better for you than going to uh, bangerangradio.com or iTunes or Stitcher, you can now find everything actually Bangerang Radio does, you can uh, find on the TuneIn Radio app. So, oh, and also if you can follow uh, me at On Air with JJ on Twitter. I would uh, love to connect with you. And also, if if you want to be a special guest on the show or if you're in a pop-punk band and you want your music played on the show, by all means, shoot me an email at bangerangradio at gmail.com. So that's all you got to do. Um, music submission. I'm always looking for guests, too, so that's cool. Um, and, yeah, if you're watching this before Halloween, have a very uh, happy Halloween. Oh, one more thing. I'm sorry, before I say goodbye, I, I, speaking of Halloween, there's a brand new show coming to bangerangradio.com. It's called the Creep Show Horror Club Podcast, and it's put on by two awesome dudes, Mark and uh, Gary Weissman, and it's premiering, actually, on Halloween on bangerangradio.com. So make sure you check that out. I'm super stoked to uh, be welcoming them to the uh, Bangerang Radio uh, network, so... I'll uh, be sure to check that out first episode on uh, Halloween. And I think they're going to be doing a bi-weekly show. So, but either way, I'm super stoked to uh, have them on the network. But anyway, Jacques Lamore here for Pop Punk and Pizza. Thank you so much again for listening and watching. And hopefully you'll be back next week. Happy Halloween. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.
Sunshine.